0: This is Nova Church, Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as past reaches from God's word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Hey, good morning, church. Uh, this first Sunday for us in 2022. We're glad you've joined us today. And uh, we know you're on YouTube and you're on Facebook and we're so glad you've joined us uh, as a church. This is not the way we wanted to start the year, but we are here and we're glad that you are with us today. We're starting a new series to start this year. I'm excited about this series. I think it's gonna be a series that's gonna help me, personally, I think it's gonna help you on how to pray. And it's gonna be short today, but it's gonna be good. And these next few weeks, I honestly believe, is going to help your faith. You have your Bible today, Matthew chapter six. We are a church that believes in the Bible. And we read the Bible, we value the Bible. Matthew chapter six, a very famous passage, really is the theme, the overlying text for this whole series. Matthew chapter six, I'm gonna start reading today in verse nine, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And if you're watching this today, we believe there's so many disciples watching. I'm a disciple, you're a disciple. We're followers of Jesus. He's talking to followers. He says this in Matthew chapter six, verse nine. Pray like this, our father in heaven, May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. Forgive us for our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Today we're starting this series on how to pray. And, I'm thinking as we start this year and this first series and first sermon of the year is that there's a lot we can't control in 2022. There's a lot we can't control. Uh, We've already wrestled with restrictions and online and offline and going into our third year of this pandemic and these restrictions and this this season we're in. There's a lot of things we can't control, uh, but what we can control is if we lose our faith, maintain our faith, or grow our faith. We can't control that. We can't control a lot of other things, and I believe you're tuning in today. If we lean in as a church, lean in together, I believe in this year we can grow our faith. Not just maintain it and not lose it, but grow your faith. I'm hungry to grow my faith, and I hope you're hungry as well. Head this thought, if it's true that by prayer that we can connect with our living God who is omnipresent and omnipotent, which means he is in all places and he is all powerful, which means there's no distance, there's no limit, there's nothing that can stop God from being near you and able to help you, then prayer is not only a privilege, it's actually a necessity. Prayer is the single greatest tool we have in our life. Now, I know this is obvious, This is a church, you've tuned into a church, and I'm a pastor, and we're reading from the word of God. But I believe prayer is the single greatest tool in our faith, and most likely, I know it is in my life at times, it's the single greatest thing that we neglect. We do it as a church, we do it as believers. In these next few weeks, we want to focus in on prayer, and I believe we can grow our faith by growing our prayer. It's not only a privilege, it's a necessity. Your theology is what you do when you stop talking and start acting. Your real theology, what you really believe, is what happens when we stop talking, stop posting. When you're done with Facebook and Instagram and and, and, and TikTok, once we stop posting all the quotes and everything we have to say, when we're done talking... And when we act, start acting, that is our theology. And let it be said of us that we believe in the power of prayer. Not because we quote a good game or post a good post or, 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 or talk about it, but we act people of prayer. And I've been convicted and I've been encouraged even this last season that a God that is powerful and that is with us that he wants to connect with us. And we've, we ended the year talking about hearing the voice of God and we're starting it for God hearing the voice Of us, the power of prayer. I heard one preacher say it this way In every church, there are three groups of people there are believers, there are unbelievers, and there are pretenders. And in our church, we only want two groups of people we want believers and we want unbelievers. We want believers, people that believe in Jesus, that he forgave them for their sin, that he has a plan for their life, that he is a part of this journey, that he has redeemed us and helped us. He is with us. He is as close as the mention of his name in prayer. And we want unbelievers, people that are far from God, that that don't know Jesus, that don't believe in what he said and what he's done. Uh, We want both those people because we believe as believers. uh, He has a plan for us. We want to help unbelievers. We don't want to be pretenders. And in my life, too many times there's been areas where I pretend and we believe in this series, we're going to push through on prayer and we believe prayer is going to grow in your life and my life and we will be believers in the p- power of prayer and we're going to see God move. We're going to see God do things in our church and our city this year. We've seen him do it and you he believe he's going to do it this year. Can somebody say amen? Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question. You don't need to answer it in the chat today. I just want you to think to yourself and give yourself an answer. How's your prayer life? How's your prayer life? I like asking it this way. I ask this with a lot of questions to people, one to 10. 10 being the worst, 10 being the best. So in your prayer life, one being the worst, you don't pray, you, you don't believe in prayer, you, don't, you, you never pray, you, you never reach out to God, you never talk to God. 10 being it's the most connected. God hears from you, you hear from him. You feel like your prayers are going right to the ear of God. He is listening and acting. One to 10, give me a number what would you put a number on your prayer life? You got it? You got that number? I, I, I never forget as a teenager, I was in church and they asked an usher uh, to collect the offering. And before they did it, they asked one of the ushers. This is back in the day when we had microphones at the end of the aisles. So you could just get up and say stuff. I know, crazy times. Makes for some great stories. And this one usher, i never forget who it was. I know exactly who it was. And, and they said, would you, usher so-and-so, would you say the prayer over the offering? i never forget this this usher steps up to the offering microphone and starts to pray, and he says this. He says, Lord, thank you for this food that we're about to partake. In Jesus' name, amen. And then they all pass the plates. I remember thinking, I remember thinking as a teenager, I don't think he has a prayer life outside of his meals. And uh, if that's the only time you're praying, is when you thank God for your food, you need to do that. That is so good. But that brother, I don't know what number his prayer life would have been, but he had some room to grow. Here's the goals for this series. Let me give you the goals for this series that I have for me, but I believe we have it for our church. Number one, this is the goal. If you're not praying, that you would simply start praying. That's the goal. If you say, Mike, if I'm honest, my my number's one or two or maybe even three, like I don't really pray. Pray for the food. I pray when I'm in trouble. Man, I just, I I pray for my hockey team, but um, I, I, I don't really pray a lot. A goal for this series is that if you're not praying, you would simply start praying. And a second goal is that if you are praying, that it'll help you pray better, that you'll connect easier, that you'll hear from God more, and that through prayer, it'll be a real catalyst for change, divine change, that will see God move in our lives, in our church, and in our city, that if you are praying, that will help us pray better. Those are the goals. And today I want to start this series. It's going to be a five-week series. And I honestly believe at the end of these five weeks that our church will go to another level. Your life will go to another level in prayer if we lean in on what God has to say through his word on prayer. Prayer changes things. Years ago, I stood in a place in Scotland, St. Andrews, Scotland, in a church of a very famous, a very well-known legend in the Christian faith named John Knox. And I stood in his church, and I stood in his pulpit, and he was known as a man of prayer. In fact, uh, Mary, Queen of Scots, uh, the the royalty, the, the, the leader, said this of John Knox. She said, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than all the assembled armies of Europe. That's quite the statement. For a ruler of a nation to say, I fear the prayers of one man more than I fear all the armies of Europe. Well, what kind of prayers were John Knox praying? This is a prayer of John Knox. You ready for this? John Knox prayer. He prayed every day. He said, Lord, give me Scotland or I die. I believe if we're connected to God, if we know how to pray, we can pray bold prayers and we can believe for God to do big things. God wants bold prayers and he wants to do big things. I believe as a city, as a church, as families, as singles, I believe as we can call out to God in prayer, we can expect God to do bold things when we pray big prayers. We're gonna learn how to pray over these next few weeks. Learn how to pray. Now, uh, for this series, I've leaned heavily on this book, by Pete Gregg, How to Pray. I love this title. A Simple Guide for Normal People. I don't know if we got any normal people today watching, but uh, this is for you. And I leaned heavily on this book. In fact, as a fun giveaway, today in the chat, both on YouTube and on Facebook, the hosts there are gonna pick somebody who's chatting. You say hello or where, where you're texting from, where you're watching from. If you're engaged in the chat at all, they're gonna pick one of you. Uh, and we're actually going to have one of these mailed directly to your door, to your address. We're gonna do this, do giveaways like this over the next five weeks. So today, uh, one of you can be picked in both YouTube and Facebook. We're gonna give you that book. And I've leaned on that book and other books. Get some resources in your hand. I believe if we grow in prayer, we can start to ask for big things and see God do bold things in our lives. A couple things I wanna uh, unpack today as we start this as this introduction to this series to prime the pump for prayer. Uh, You need to know this, that there's no secret formula to connect with God. There is no four-step prayer that works like open Sesame to open a secret door. There is no secret formula. So be aware of people that say, I have the secret formula for prayer. There is no secret formula. There is no certain words you say it in whatever order you say it. There is no secret formula to prayer but I do believe we can grow in this. I believe there are areas we can learn from the scripture and we can unpack some teaching. We can get our hearts right and we can learn, but there is no secret formula for prayer. Another thing you need to know is that Jesus was a man of prayer. Jesus prayed. It says this in Mark 135. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place, and he prayed. We like to call ourselves more than Christians. We call ourselves Jesus followers. Well, Jesus was a man of prayer. Before launching out into public ministry, it says that he fasted and prayed for 40 days in the wilderness. Before choosing his 12 disciples, it says he prayed all night. After he had fed 5,000 people, had that huge ministry moment. It says that he was tired, but his response was not to go stream on Netflix or even have a nap. It was to climb a mountain and find a quiet place to pray. And when he had heard the devastating news that his cousin uh, and the amazing leader, John the Baptist, had been killed, he withdrew by boat privately to a quiet place and he prayed. Jesus was a man of prayer. And if we want to live the life that Jesus lived, we have to do the things that Jesus did. If we want to see the miracles that Jesus did, if we want to have the power that Jesus had, we want to have the results that Jesus saw, we have to do what Jesus did. And Jesus was a man of prayer. And his church needs to be a church of prayer. And we need to be people of prayer. Places where you pray matters. We're talking about your prayer life now. And we believe as you're watching this, God's gonna start speaking to you and encouraging you. And I believe over the, next, over the next four to five weeks that that number, whatever it was, between one and 10 will grow. If you're a four, man, it's gonna to grow to a six or a seven. If you're a five, it's gonna to grow to an eight. If you've never prayed, you're gonna start your journey and grow. But you need to know this, that where you pray matters. Places matter prior to giving the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter six, it says Jesus was praying in a certain place. Jesus had his familiar places, his certain places where he liked to pray. Even before he was betrayed in the garden, it says it as his normal custom in his usual place to pray. Jesus had certain places that he went to pray. There seems to be certain places that he preferred. I want to encourage you as we start to grow our prayer life to find your certain places. Jesus had a certain place. Find your certain place. Find your certain place. In fact, he advised his disciples in Matthew 6, 6, he says it this way. He says, when you go into your room, close the door. He was telling them, listen, I'm being specific. Go into a private place. Go into your room and close the door. Location, clearly mattered when Jesus was teaching us how to pray. Even in, uh, we get into the book of Acts and we get into the pouring of the Holy Spirit who empowers us. It says, on the day of Pentecost, we're told that the Holy Spirit first filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then moments later, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that interesting? That the progression there is that the Holy Spirit first filled the place before he filled the people. The Holy Spirit filled the place, why? Because location matters. In business, the first rule of business is location is everything. In prayer, Jesus is teaching us that places matter. I've experienced this. There are places that are set aside for prayer that become special places. You can feel the sacredness. You can actually feel the power. Some cultures even call them the thin places. Some of the Celtic uh, um, um, cultures from days ago called them thin places. And when you went to certain places, you knew people had been in touch with God because it felt like it was the the, the barrier barrier between us and the unseen, the barrier between us and heaven were thinner. It's like you could reach easier. You could connect better with God. I have seen this happen in my own life from great cathedrals in Europe, like St. Paul's in London. I've been in St. Paul's. Uh, many times in my life. But one time I was 19, I remember having communion there. And then just a few years ago with my wife, we were there listening to a choir. And there are some places you walk in, you know people have met with God there consistently and you feel closer to God. It feels like distraction is further away and it feels like heaven comes closer. There are certain places that are like that. You know another place for me, it's not just St. Paul's in London, it's the fire pit in my property. That fire pit in my property is a place where I've prayed many prayers and it feels like it's a certain place for me. I wanna encourage you to find your certain places away from the routine, away from distractions, where you can meet with God. Where is or where can be your certain place? My wife, Nancy, uh, one of her certain places is a chair in our living room. It's in the same place in our living room, right next to the fireplace. In that chair, she looks out the window and watches snow falling or, or grass growing or the birds chirping, depending on the time of year. And she can watch whoever comes down the stairs in the morning. But many, many mornings, I'll come down there and I'll see her Bible open. And I know she's praying for us, praying for our kids, praying for our church, praying for you. And that chair is a thin place. It is a certain place in our home. Location matters. Let me ask you, where is your certain place or where can your certain place be. Uh, find a place. Even in this series, as we go through this series, find a place where you can shut yourself out with God. Maybe it's your car. Maybe it's your basement. Maybe it's your office. Maybe it's your closet. You got a walk-in closet, and you can just keep those toddlers away from you, or the dog, and people. Maybe it's maybe you live alone in your apartment, but there's a certain place in your apartment where you can just focus in. I want to encourage you to find your certain place. Three things to remember. As you start to pray, again, we're gonna grow this as we grow, but three things to remember, whether you've been praying your whole life or maybe you're just starting your journey, three things to remember as you start to pray. Number one, keep it simple. Two, keep it real. And number three, keep it going. Keep it simple, keep it real, keep it going. It's gonna help you when you pray. Keep it simple, Matthew 6, verses 7 to 13. Let me read it from the message version. Keep it simple. This is Jesus talking. He says this. He says, the world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. I love the way Jesus talks. He says, they're so full of formulas and programs and advice. They're peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for this nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with and he knows you better. He knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. It's interesting, then Jesus goes in and starts teaching them the Lord's Prayer. And in its, in its original language, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6 was only 30 word, 31 words long and it actually rhymed. So when Jesus said, pray like this, pray simply like this, he gave them a short rhyme to pray that they could remember. Isn't it amazing how songs get stuck in your head? Now, I remember just over Christmas, I put on, my son got a record player for Christmas and got him some records. I went to the record store. They still exist. They're making a comeback. And I went in and found some old records. I found, come on, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a 90s fan. I'm a fan of the 90s. I like me some Phil Collins. If you don't know who Phil Collins is, you need to Google Phil Collins. There's something in the air tonight. And I put on some Phil Collins. I haven't listened to some of these songs in 30 years. It's amazing how because that music gets in your head and those rhymes get in your head, those words come out of my mouth. Jesus knew the power of simplicity, that if these men were gonna pray to connect with God, to change the world, these are the men and the prayers that launched the faith, birthed the church, and changed the nation. The people that we named our schools, our cities, and our children after, these men, he said, I need to teach them how to pray. I don't need formulas and long-winded approach. I need something simple. And he actually gave them something that rhymed. Matthew 6, 7, and 8. Matthew 6, 7, and 8. Let me read it now from the NLT version. He says this. He says, um, he says this. He says, second point, keep it real. Keep it simple. Second one, keep it real. Watch this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. When you pray, don't babble on as other people in other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely because they're repeating their words again and Again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need before you ask Him. Keep it real. Church, this point I can't emphasize enough. Real prayers. Sometimes we're afraid to go to God and be real. We, we put on this filter like we don't want to upset God. Or we don't want to be too honest with God. And we, we, we feel like we have to use the right words. And we have to be in the right frame of mind. We have to be in the right mood. You know, we have to make sure we're in our best behavior. no, no. We need to keep it real when we pray. We need to pray with real questions, with real doubts, and even real pain. Most of my prayers in this last season have been more prayers of pain and of questions and of doubts. God, why is this happening? God, why don't we see this? God, I'm dealing with grief over this and this. God is not afraid of your pain. He's not afraid of your questions. He's not afraid of your doubts. He's not afraid of your emotion. In prayer, we have to keep it simple but we also have to keep it real. I'll tell you, prayer is so much easier if you can come in and be the real you. You don't need to put on your professional face. You don't need to put on your best smile. You come before your Father with honesty. In fact, if you, if you go to uh, the Psalms, these are prayers of people that were in pain and Most of the Psalms are questions and and regrets and doubts, and we can ask real prayers. We We can be real with God. Real prayers don't push God away. They actually take us deeper. Like any relationship, when you're honest, when you keep it real, when you when you're completely transparent, there's another level of intimacy. When we're learning to pray, keep it simple, but keep it real. And some of you right now, you're you're going into the new year, you're feeling a lot of grief or maybe anxiety. Bring that to Jesus. Bring that to God. Say, God, I'm dealing with this. I don't know how to deal with this. I'm struggling with my kids or my relationships or I'm struggling with my mental health or I don't know what to do with this or how long is this gonna last? And keep it real. And I believe God will reach us and meet us right where we are. Number three, keep it simple. Keep it real. Keep it going keep it going. Luke 18, one, Jesus said this, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. I think that's my theme verse for 2022. He says that they should always pray and never give up. If there's one thing we could take away today from this message is don't give up and always pray. I'm going to keep praying and not giving up. Jesus was telling them, when you pray, just keep going. It may be hard, it may be easy. You may feel like you can connect, and other days you may feel distracted. Just keep going, be consistent. I say this today with your prayers, that they need to be consistent, not to burden you with the heaviness of have to, that you gotta pray this much in the morning and this much every day, and you gotta read this much of the Bible. But the truth is, change only comes through consistency. Whether it be finances, physical health, or your prayer life, consistency is the key to real change. Don't give up, just keep going, just keep going. Uh, Over the fall, even before that in the summer, I drive into downtown part of our city and I notice on one part of our port during this pandemic, uh, if you're from this city, you've seen the changes in our city. We are growing. We've hit a record number as a province in population. Our city, you go downtown, and from one month to the next, buildings are popping up. It's unreal, the growth and the boom that's happening in our city. We have people emailing us all the time. They're moving, looking for a church, moving into our city. There's so much growth and change, and one of the real um, catalysts for that, and one of the things that help us with that is our port. We're our port city. We have the second natural deepest harbor in the world. And our port is a huge part of our economy. And then it goes across our country. All these uh, freights that come in, they put them on trains and they go across the country. And in our port, we have these two large ports for containers at both ends of our city. And one in the basin part of our city, they need more They need more space for more containers, for more ships, because it's only growing, it's only getting busier. And they started, I remember seeing it this summer, they started taking dump trucks down to the front of the water, this deep harbor that we have, and started dumping rocks into the water. I remember seeing them dump that in going, it's not doing anything. Like how how deep is that water? How many hundreds of feet deep is our harbor? And this dump truck, one after another, one, two, dozens of them backing up dumping the load of gravel and rocks into the harbor and then driving away and just day after day, week after week, month after month, just being consistent, just keep going, not seeing results, not always seeing what they wanted. I just drove down there last week and now there's this whole new piece of land that's built in our harbor. It was not there before, but because these construction sites and these these truck drivers were consistent and just kept going day after day, just a little bit of rock, he pulls away another person, a little bit of rock, and just these they just kept doing it consistently over and over. Change has eventually happened. Now there's this whole new uh, look to our waterfront. They're going to put these new container ships in, these, these new cranes, and why? Because someone understood the power of consistency. Just doing a little, doing it often, just keep going, adds to big change. With our prayers, we got to keep it simple, we got to keep it real, but we've got to keep it going. Consistency... Is the key our family? Um, we're not perfect as a family, and other me and Nancy will tell you we are not perfect parents, and we're not perfect, and our family's not perfect. But we do have a strong family, and we're very thankful for our family. We love our two teenagers, and we've enjoyed every season of life and uh, being parents and being married without kids, then with young kids, and now with teenagers. But I can say this when people ask us, what are some keys to helping having a strong family? There's a lot of things, but there's a few things we've been really consistent on as a family. One is we start the day together. We, we start the day together. For most of our kids' uh, life, Um, we would drive them to school, but uh, I don't go to work before the kids are up. Nancy doesn't go to work before the kids are up. We start the day together. We are in the house. We are talking. We are getting ready. We're asking questions. We're organizing. We start our day together. We drove our kids to school for most of their school years, um, we would drive them and pick them up. We were consistent in that. We also eat families to uh, eat eat fam- eat suppers together as a family around the table. We're in the same place at the same time, most nights of the week. We eat supper together as a family. and that may not seem like a big deal to many, but in a season in a life we've seen the change where people ate around the TV. People would eat different places. We know families that kids would eat in the room and or just they put uh, uh, food on the stove and just eat whenever you came home. It was a priority for us as a family that we ate around the same table at the same time for our lives. And we, around that table, we would connect. And how was your day? And what was the best part of your day? And what was the most challenging part of your day? And we'd laugh. And some, some dinners, not a lot was said. And other dinners, there was a lot of conversation and laughter. And some, we were frustrated. And some, we were tired. But the consistency of being in the same place at the same time, doing the same thing and, We also, as a family, we unplug together. We do vacations together. And nothing wrong with going off on vacations as husband and wives, and we've done that. But we make sure as a family, we build memories. We just did it over Christmas. We unplugged as a family and went away together for a couple days as a family. And that consistency of keep doing it year after year, decade after decade, has helped our family grow. I want to tell you with prayer, it's not a matter of, oh, I missed two days, I missed three days, I'm just giving up is the consistency of just keep going. I believe as we launch this year and we're gonna grow in our prayer life, church, let me encourage you, just keep it simple. Keep it real, but let's just keep going in prayer and watch a little bit here, a little bit there. Watch what God's going to do. I wanna challenge you that through this series that we get better at praying as a church. I know there are things God needs to do in our church Many of you watching this today, I know some of your story and some of your struggles and some of your dreams. I know my own. I know as a church what we have and what we need. We need to see God move in our lives. We need it. I believe prayer. If we grow in our prayer, we'll see God. As we ask for bold things, God will do big things. A couple things as I close today. When you're praying, make it easy. Make it easy. I don't believe prayer needs to be difficult. Make it easy. I know for me, uh, it looks like this. It's maybe just 15 minutes in the morning. I know maybe I should be praying an hour here and an hour there, but to be honest, to make it easy, just start your day. It might be in bed for a few minutes before you get her to bed. Maybe it's like my wife sitting in her chair in the morning with her cup of coffee, but make it easy. Maybe it's in the morning, giving God your schedule going through, I got that meeting I'm, I'm a little anxious about, or I have this opportunity I'm excited about, or I have this that I'm kind of worried about. And just say, God, I just need you to help me with this. And start in the morning, just 15 minutes and give God your day. One thing I've been doing recently, and I would encourage you to do it as well. And maybe you want to join me with this is at noon, I have a reminder on my phone that comes up. Just pray the Lord's prayer at noon. Just a short prayer pray every noon my phone goes off a reminder saying just pray the lord's prayer i might be driving i might be sitting i might be walking and just recite the lord's prayer i grew up in a time when we said the lord's prayer in school in school every morning we some of you are old enough to remember this in canada where they'd play the national anthem and over the speaker we would say the lord's prayer we're not living in those days anymore but i had this lord's prayer in my memory as a child and i say it often and In fact, even right now on social media, you'll see that we're posting on Facebook and Instagram a wallpaper of the Lord's Prayer where you can put it on your phone to remind yourself. And If you've never learned the Lord's Prayer, if Jesus said, this is how you pray, why wouldn't we remember those words and memorize them to help put it a part of our prayer life? And maybe at noon, you want to put a reminder on and join me. And just put a reminder on going, I'm going to pray the Lord's Prayer as I'm driving, as I'm walking, as I'm eating, as I'm, as I'm taking a moment at lunch. Just take, take 30 seconds. It's 30 seconds. But when I pray the Lord's Prayer, it reminds me about His will and His plan and His forgiveness and His grace and His provision. And then maybe in the evening, before bed, you thank Him for what He's done for that day. Thank Him for His safety. Thank Him for His protection. Thank Him for His strength. Thank Him for His hope. Thank him and ask him questions about why this went that way. And just take a few minutes and give God thanks for the day he had. Just make it easy. You don't need to go away for three days on a prayer retreat. You don't need to spend an hour. But a little bit here, a little bit there, and a little bit here. I believe if we keep going, you'll see a huge difference. And the last thing I want to say is if you're praying, make it enjoyable make it enjoyable i don't know why but sometimes we have this vision of prayer of this 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 difficult thing and it's it's hard and it's tedious and it's long make it enjoyable coffee is one way me and my wife make prayer enjoyable good coffee we got the good coffee machine that makes hot coffee prayer is better with coffee can i get an amen in the chat with that maybe it's coffee maybe it's a best playlist i have a prayer playlist on my phone. I just, I put the earbuds in or I put it on the speaker and I pray. I put on this prayer list as I'm praying, whether it be five minutes or more, I have the right, the best playlist. A good pray, a good playlist can help you have a good playlist, a playlist and a, uh, and a playlist, good music, good coffee. Maybe it's your favorite chair. Maybe it's where you walk your dog in a trail. Maybe it's driving down a back road a relaxing way home, somewhere. Make it enjoyable to pray. What helps it be enjoyable? The atmosphere around you. I have these three guys that I call. We've, we FaceTime each other once a month. They're called the Once a Month Crew. And they're from all over North America. And these, these three other guys, and we call each other. We FaceTime for an hour once a month. And we always end that call praying for each other. It is the highlight of my month. If you can make prayer enjoyable, there's a better chance you're gonna keep going in prayer. And the last challenge I have for you is starting tomorrow, as a church, we are starting 21 days of prayer. We wanna start this year focused on the right thing, on health, not hype. We can't control a lot of things about if we can gather or not gather and restrictions, but we can control connecting with our God. 21 days of prayer starts tomorrow right now in the link on facebook and you'll see it on our post or even on our website there's a link and if you just click on that link you'll get direct emails to you for the next 21 days in the morning they're going to have a verse and a devotion written by one of our team it'll take you five minutes to read that devotion pray that prayer and help you launch 2022 strengthening your prayer life and then in the evening me and nancy and other team members are going to come on for 10 minutes on on Instagram and on Facebook, and we're gonna do a live devotion in the evening. We're just gonna pray. Each day is gonna have its own theme. We're gonna be praying for our city, for your families, for your kids, for your purity, for your mental health, for our church. We're gonna be praying for so many things. We're gonna take 10 minutes in the evening and just jump on and agree together. Would you join us for 21 days of prayer? Simply go and click on that link and get signed up for those devotions in the morning, and then join us in the evening at 7 p.m., Atlantic Time on Instagram and on Facebook, and we're gonna to pray together and pray in the morning. Pray at noon, the Lord's Prayer. Download that wallpaper right now, and we're gonna memorize it and learn it. And then in the evening, join us for 10 minutes, on Monday to Friday for the next 21 days, as we pray together. And I believe, as we start this prayer journey, that at the end of this year, we can look back and thank God for the, for the big things He's done because of the bold prayers we have asked. He's good, He's loving, He's waiting to hear from us. He wants to speak to us. God is listening and waiting and we wanna be consistent in prayer. I wanna bless you today as we close, as we start this journey of growing our prayer life, 21 days of prayer, as we do this series, How to Pray. I believe God's up to some big things and we can grow our faith, amen? Let's pray. God, I thank you for those that are watching today. God, there is a desire in our heart to know how to pray. We know, we know that there's power We know in something so simple, but why is it so difficult? God, I know that there's power in prayer. Would you help us? Would you help us? Even as we start today, as we start 21 days tomorrow, would you help us just start? God, and we just want to keep it simple. We want to keep it real. God, we want to be real with you. Our joys and our frustrations, our dreams and our grieving. We want to be real. We want to just keep going and be consistent. And God, we're asking that you would meet us in that place. We know you will. We know you will. So God, I strengthen our church. I bless our church. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. 21 days of prayer starts tomorrow morning. Click on the link and sign up. We're gonna grow in prayer over the next four weeks. I'm in for it. I hope you are as well. It's gonna be an amazing year. Why? Because God is up to big things and we are getting ready to pray some bold prayers. Amen. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next Sunday. And we'll see you tomorrow night for the live devotion.